Hi everyone and welcome to the Lund University International Podcast. On the show, we aim to give you a taste of what international student life at Lund is like as we speak to current students, alumni, teachers and many more special guests. My name is Rebecca Vandersteen and I am a Strategic Recruitment Coordinator here at Lund University. In today's episode, we're going to focus on common application questions. And today in the studio, we have our lovely student representative, Marie. Hi, Marie. Hello, uh, my name is Marie Morales. I'm from Costa Rica. I'm a current student at the Mathematics Bachelor Program. And I also have the amazing opportunity of chatting with many prospective and newly admitted students in the Unibody platform. Exactly, so you're in a great position um, to contribute today, Marie. So we're really glad to have you with us. Um, we probably both get asked a lot of questions about studying at Lund, although with slightly different focuses, because obviously in your role with Unibuddy, um, you see questions regarding studying and life at Lund, and my area of speciality is the study application process itself, which is what we're going to focus on a little bit today, but I'm also hoping that at certain times you will feel free to kind of add your own experience as somebody who's been through this application process not that long ago. So we will get started with some of our questions that we have here. Um, and we're going to start off today with some questions about the general application process. So a common question, of course, maybe the most important question, is how do I actually apply to an international degree program at Lund University? And I think that the most important part really of that is to start off with to make sure that you understand uh, which program is actually most suitable for you in terms of what are you most interested in and also what are you eligible for. So we will talk a little bit more about eligibility um, shortly, uh, but the best thing that I can recommend to do uh, as a staff member is to go to the website uh, lunduniversity.lu.se and to find um, the programs that we have listed there. And just start having a look, look on the program pages, see which ones um, you're most uh, kind of drawn to, I guess you could say. Um, and then go ahead and uh, read carefully what it says on that page. And then you have to sign up for an account with our national um, admission system, universityadmissions.se, which is the other important website to note. And then that is where you will actually apply for your program. So, Marie, did you uh, find this uh, complicated at all, this process? I know it's a bit weird when we have these two different places where we get information. We have our website and then we also have universityadmissions.se. But when you applied, was there any issues or like problems with that uh, website or was everything pretty smooth? I would say everything was super smooth when it came to the application process. Uh, even though they're two different websites, I feel like they all have same information when it comes to requirements which is the thing that you worry about the most uh, am I qualified for this but they both had the same information so to me it was very nice yeah great that's wonderful and did you actually apply to multiple programs well during my time uh, I applied for Lund uh, more than once so yes, at some point I applied to more than one program, but it was super smooth as well. The way that you rank the programs is very intuitive. So I had no issues with that, yes. That's great because I think it's just important to uh, note here that you can apply to multiple programs. For bachelors, it's up to eight programs and for masters, it's up to four programs. Um, and you do that through universityadmissions.se. 
And as we've just mentioned, you have to rank the program. So you have to choose what is your top choice and then some backup options. Um, so people often ask us, can I apply to multiple programs? The answer is yes. But the important thing to note is you have to pick your favorite program as your top choice and then think of the others as backup options because the um, thing that sometimes students don't understand or applicants don't understand is that you will only be uh, admitted to one program. So if you are admitted to your first choice in your ranking, you will not be considered, uh, like all of the others will actually be deleted. So if you're not uh, admitted to your first choice, then you get considered for your other choices. Um, but it's very important that that first choice is the one that you care most about. So, okay, let's see what other questions we have here. Uh, okay, so we have a question here um, about the application deadlines. And I think it's very, it's very important to know that these deadlines are very strict. <laughs> um, so we uh, can answer that one uh, very easily. Um, the question is, what is the application deadline for the program I'm interested in? Well, all programs uh, pretty much that are open right now with a deadline of 15th of January, 2024. So it's important to uh, make sure that you have gone on to universityadmissions.se, selected your programs and applied by the 15th of January. And then we have a couple of extra weeks um, where you can actually submit any documents that you haven't yet submitted. And then the second deadline is 1st of February, and that is the document deadline. And again, it is so important to note that that deadline is not flexible. You must give in your documents by that date. Um, and that is actually something that I think you had some experience with, Marie, in terms of uh, getting your documents for, <laughs> yes. for that deadline. Um, I would say that the hard part about the documents was actually getting them from my country. Mm. So we have, of course, different institutions. And sometimes you have a hard time understanding when you actually have to translate the name of the document that you need. Right. So you have to do this with time, of course, and you have to go and search up what is it that you really need and just make sure that you have the correct document for your application. And of course, as Becca just mentioned, just make sure that you have them before the deadline. It is very important. Um, as she mentioned, it's not flexible. But if you do it with time, I am sure that you will be able to find everything you need. Yeah, exactly. So we will come back maybe to some more questions around uh, around the documents later. Okay, so now we're going to go into some common questions around the programs. Um, and one of the most common questions we get is how can I find information about the specific international degree programs offered at Lund University? So Marie, I wanted to ask, how did you go about this? How did you research and choose your program? Oh, well, this, I must admit, it was a while ago. Mm -hmm. But of course, I remember that I visited the General Evolved University website and I fell in love with it. Uh, and then I had some ideas of what I wanted to do. Yeah. I wasn't studying a bachelor back home, but I wasn't sure that was the place that I wanted to be. So I started researching more about the area that I wanted to develop myself in, which is mathematics. So, of course, I went to the mathematics uh, program website and I was able to see the overview of the program. They would explain which type of 
compulsory courses and elective courses we have, and of course the very important requirements that you need to be able to uh, study this program. So of course, during this time is when you start wondering, oh, do I have the qualifications for this? And how do you translate these qualifications? Because of course, if you are reading this in English and you're, uh, you come from a country that uh, English is not the native language, you start wondering, is this the name of the thing that I actually need? Right, exactly. <laughs> it's complicated. And I think because you were applying for a bachelor's program. Correct. And like a common question is, once you've found these programs, what are the entry requirements for the program? And then once you've found the entry requirements on the page, what do these mean for me? Like you were saying. Exactly. Yeah. So for bachelors, it can be particularly confusing because we always list those as um, the equivalents in the Swedish high school system. And that obviously makes no, no sense to many people because they're not in the Swedish high school system. Yeah. So they have to translate. And one thing, one little tip that I think I can give is that um, many countries now on the university admissions website, universityadmissions.se, you can go to the page um, for the requirements for either bachelor's or master's and then look at the country specific guidance. And many of those pages now have started to list the relevant qualifications um, for you, what, what those uh, high school qualifications in Sweden mean when translated into your local uh, qualifications, which can obviously be very helpful. However, not every country has those listed at this time. So please feel free to ask us like if there is something where you really wondering, like, what does this mean for me? Um, you can always contact us and we'll be happy to help you. Um, I don't know whether you ever like contacted us, Marie, but I think you can probably vouch for this. <laughs> yes, I I actually I was able to check that website for Costa Rica in particular, and I was able to see the name of the high school diploma uh, that I needed. I see. And it was in Spanish, so it was super helpful. I was like, yes, this one is right. Uh, on the other hand, I feel like I ask so many questions <laughs> to degree studies at <laughs> LU.se uh, because even though you know the name, sometimes you want some... Yeah, some reassurance. Exactly. But we love that. That's what we're here for, literally, like to answer those questions. So please do contact us if you have a question like that. Like, we're happy to help. Um, for masters, if you're applying for a masters, it's often a little bit easier because the requirement is a little bit clearer. Um, it's usually listing like a bachelor's um, in a certain relevant topic, for example. Sometimes people get a little bit caught up on the ECTS, the credits. Um, but if you search online, you can actually find quite a lot of like ECTS calculators, which will help you to work out how many credits you have in specific subjects. Um, because many of our master's programs do require you to have studied really specific subjects in the past um, which is obviously like you know something that you need to check when you apply um, so yeah we do get a lot of questions on this topic we get questions about whether there are any prerequisite courses and that's exactly what I was just saying you have to check on the website on the program page and look carefully to see whether or not there are any specific credit loads or courses that you must have studied before you apply so um, now I think we'll talk a little bit about language proficiency. Now, I'm curious, actually, Marie, did you have to, because you've mentioned now that you had to translate some of your qualifications. So did you need to take an English test or were you able to prove your English proficiency in another way? Unfortunately, I was not able to prove the English proficiency with my past education, mm -hmm. but I was able to take the TOEFL test. Ah, great. Yes. Yeah. And 
it was very straightforward. Uh, I think that part was actually very easy. Yeah. Cool. That's good to know. And that's reassuring because I know lots of students get a bit nervous <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah. I was definitely <laughs> a bit nervous of, can I speak English really uh, for that <laughs> test? But in reality, they just check that you have enough for conversation in an academic setting or just in a very informal setting as well. I am sure that if you think that you know how to speak English, you will be able to face that <laughs> test. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's really, really nice to hear. Um, and that is a, a question that we get a lot is, what are the accepted tests? So you've mentioned TOEFL. Also, IELTS is a very common one. Um, and we also have on the university admissions website a list of other alternative tests as well. So don't worry if one of those is not offered locally to you. You can have a look and see which ones are available. Um, and another common question we get on this topic is, are there any exemptions from the English language requirement? Well, this is a somewhat misleading question in a way because everybody must prove that they have English proficiency. So there is no exemption to, to speak of. However, as we've kind of hinted at now, there are sometimes a way to prove your English through your previous studies rather than through a test. Right. But this depends on where you studied, which country you studied, whether the language of instruction was mostly English or not. So if you come from a country where most of the time you're learning in um, English, it may be possible, but you need to go to universityadmissions.se and check whether this is allowed from your, from your country of study. And one thing, if you have to take the English proficiency test is that you should do it with time too mm -hmm. because they take like several weeks to give you the result so just make sure that you book it with time. Exactly very good tip there. <laughs> um, we we have had from sadly quite a few students who left it a bit too last minute and then maybe they just missed out by like one mark or something and those marks are very strict as well. There is a bit of a theme developing here. The deadlines are strict, the marks are strict. We exactly, really need yeah. to see like what we ask for. So that's very good to know. Okay, so now we're going to come on to um, a little bit more specific things around the documents. We already started to talk a little bit about this, about the documentation. Um, and I think the main thing that I want to stress here is that this is very individual to each student and each program. So we already kind of spoke about this a little that you have to check on the program pages what, um, what eligibility requirements there are, but also on those pages will be listed certain specific documents to submit. Now, you were applying for a bachelor's program, yes. right? So that means that you didn't have to submit um, any additional documents such as like statement of purpose or CVs, things no, like that. No, I didn't. Yeah. Okay, so that at least was quite straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for those who are applying for a master's, they may need to submit something like that. For example, many of our programs do require a personal, a statement of purpose, sorry. And those are... Um, those are actually some really, like, for me, I love that when they ask for this uh, personally, because I think that it's an opportunity to, like, show a little bit more about yourself. Um, and, like, even though I know that you didn't have to <laughs> write one of these personal statements, um, then I'm sure that you, like, thought through before you studied why you were interested in studying mathematics, for example, oh, yeah. and what you kind of wanted to to that and I think that's the main uh, thing that I would say is if your program requires a statement of purpose then take some time to really consider what is your motivation for this particular program 
And like that is one of the things that um, I kind of try to get students to really think about as well is like not only for example the field of mathematics but what is special about this particular program uh here Correct, at yes. Lund so I don't know if you kind of reflected on that yourself when you were applying yes I did uh Lund University is very special in many ways and one of those aspects that I feel is one of the fundamental pillars of what we have here is the interdisciplinary studies mm. and how you can learn about more than one thing at once. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I am very interested in math as for using mathematical tools to solve the very difficult challenges that we have nowadays, especially when it comes to sustainable development, for example. We, and Sweden is a really good place if you want to learn about sustainable development, by the way. So to me, I wish I, mm, exactly. I was able to submit something related to why I wanted to study because I really fell in love with the university and what the program had to offer. But I would say, again, because I have friends mm. who applied for the master's programs and whenever they were asked these questions is a self-reflection in mm. many ways, like what do I want to do with this? And also, uh, what can you offer to make the program better? Yeah, that's a really nice way to think about it as well. Is the program a right fit for me? And am I the right fit for the program? Exactly. And how do I show both of those things? Um, so, yeah, like, it's definitely worth checking to see whether your program does require this statement of purpose. And then, as we've both kind of said, it's worth really reflecting on this before you write. Um, I mean, this is just a good example of, like, what you might start to think about. It's not like a Uh, when you're listening to this, don't think, okay, well, I will write that I like the interdisciplinary <laughs> nature of, you know, yeah. but it's more just to like show the kind of way that you can think when you are requested uh, this document for sure. Yeah, definitely. What is important to you exactly. as an individual and as a student? And that's actually, I mean, this is a slight side note really, but that's actually something that I think is worth noting about Sweden in general and the university here itself, that there is this kind of holistic interest in the person who's studying. Absolutely. Like, what are you actually interested in um, on a wider level? And who are you as a person? So this is a great opportunity when you when you get to submit something that shows that. Um, but we often get asked, how long should my personal statement be? And what is the recommended format? And actually, again, as we're kind of seeing this theme coming through, this really depends on the program. So you must go onto the program website and you have to look at the um, at the program specific documents section. There will be guidance there on exactly what you must do. Some programs require, um, for example, one page letter that you're quite open to write however you like. But some page, uh, some programs, sorry, have a like very specific template with very specific questions. So the best thing is to go onto that program page and have a look um, in order to answer that question. Similar kinds of questions uh, that we get are around recommendation letters. So yeah. sometimes um, students ask us, do I need a recommendation letter? Who should write the recommendations? Uh, should I submit them separately from the rest of my application? That kind of question. And again, the best thing that I can say is to go to that program page and have a look because the kinds of programs that request those letters, for example, are environmental programs, which are very popular they actually have very specific requirements. I mean, like, really, like, you have to submit to a certain email address. It's not uploading onto university admissions, for example. So it's very important to really go deep into this yeah. when you're applying. 
unwaned out, check the program's website. Exactly. That's the message that we're going to keep going on, I think. Um, okay. But yeah, so that's one area the, the, of the documentation is the program-specific documents. And then, of course, there's also um, things such as transcripts, degree certificates, um, things like that. Um, and again, this will also <laughs> depend a lot on where you previously studied. Um, so I know that when you applied, Marie, you didn't actually submit. So normally when you apply for bachelors, you submit your high school qualifications. Correct. But yeah. in your case, you actually had to submit some of your bachelor's uh, studies. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Um, my high school back home didn't give me enough of the qualifications that I needed to be accepted in a program right. here in Sweden, especially for mathematics. So I was taking another bachelor back home, as I mentioned before. Uh, thankfully, it was from a similar area. So I was able to take uh, advanced mathematics courses back home that gave me the minimum requirements to get here and to just be able to meet those requirements. So as Becca has been mentioning, this is very country specific, but also very individual specific. So you have to figure out your own path on this. And again, if you are ever wondering about if this is gonna work for you, you can always reach out to degree studies or the program coordinator. Exactly, yeah, and that's a good point actually. The program coordinator can often answer some general questions. They tend to not want to like actually yeah. assess you because the idea is that you should submit your application exactly. and then yeah. they, will, they didn't have time to look uh, before you know, people formally uh, apply. But still, they are a good resource, I think, especially when you ask uh, general questions for them uh, Yeah, the program. Actually, one of the things that I asked the program specifically was if they could tell me the contents mm. of the Swedish high school uh, requirement right. for math so they can tell me the topics to see if I could maybe figure out if I had those contexts yeah. in, in yeah, right. exactly. Because there's more than one way to kind exactly. of figure this out and to meet the requirements usually. And I think it's not an unusual situation. There are many um, of the students that I work with, for example, because I work quite a lot with students from South Asia. And many of those students actually require, for example, four years of study um, in bachelor's level in order to meet the requirement of having a bachelor's to apply for a master's. So, for example, wow. some of the students actually study a bachelor's plus a one-year master's before they come here to study a master's. So this is not an uncommon situation to have to kind of go above the standard in your Correct. country exactly. in order to meet what the Swedish um, institutions have deemed is the certain level of previous knowledge that they want. Yeah. So I, I think it's great to hear that you uh, got through that and, and were able to meet that through a different route. Um, and as you said, like it's the most important thing is that you that people listening feel comfortable to ask us if they're not sure about something like that. For sure. We can help advise. And it's not always a straightforward line. And that's OK. You exactly. can still make it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So now we've actually come, we've, we've asked quite a lot of different questions here um, that come to us quite a lot around all sorts of different areas. I mean, we've talked about the general application process, we've talked about deadlines, we've talked about specific entry requirements, um, documents, language, 
and also the documents that you may be required to submit specifically for the programme. So hopefully now we've kind of covered quite a lot of the things that people might be wondering about when it comes to the application questions um, specifically. We will be having future um, webinars on other things that you might be concerned about at this point. So for example, scholarships and funding, um, visas, residence permits, housing, and all of these are obviously topics we know you're also thinking about at this time. Definitely. Because it will be one of those things that helps you to make the decision um, about, you know, if this is the right place for you, if this is the right program for you. Um, But we are here to help (laughs) with those concerns. Um, We're definitely um, available uh, by email, as we've already mentioned. um, And we want you to ask those questions so that we can help you figure out where to go. and, And hopefully it's with us. But I just really want to thank you, Marie, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, hopefully we will see you again soon. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Lund University International Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Lund University, you can go to our website, lunduniversity.lu.se. You can also follow us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and X, and you can chat with current students on Unibuddy. Don't forget to subscribe, and we look forward to bringing you a new episode very soon.